Check out the nation news at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. It's episode 385, and heck yeah, we are broadcasting live from the Lush Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, RV lots uh, that we opened here in Seattle back in 2016. I was the reporter that did an investigation on the RV lots that Mayor McMurray uh, opened, and there's a reason why they closed them. It's because of my reporting. Now the city is saying they're going to open them up again. Did they not lo- learn anything from my reporting in 2016 when I worked at Cairo? We're going to talk about that. Also, if you're feeling some pain, why don't you take a walk down memory lane? See what I did there? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. They're saying now, Ron, the great resignation. There's also great regret. Did you read this story about the Great Resignation, and what's the regret? I did. I think the it, this is interesting. The, the regret has been, for a lot of people, there's, there's two forms of regret. Number one is people in mass were leaving their jobs and demanding greater flexibility, demanding different sort of benefit package. Like, in other words, some companies might be like, hey, you have to come to the office five days a week. And they're like, no, I don't. There's so much opportunity for me. I'm quitting that job, and I'm going to get this other job. But many of them were collecting unemployment in the meantime right? because the government was handing out – they basically handed out money like candy. So I had many people that were part of the Great Resignation that were younger that quit their jobs. They lived in my Airbnbs. Uh, Some of them were making money on crypto, and while they were making money on crypto, some of them were also just collecting checks from the government, and and that's how I was getting paid – during that time, that money is now dried up. And so people are looking around and going, I should probably get back to work here. So uh, many people found that the grass isn't greener. So they've moved on to job number two that maybe said they were going to be more flexible, but it isn't like a utopian job. Like it's, you're still working a job. It still has this, there are just different things that bug you about that job than bugged you about the previous job. So that's one form of regret that I can totally see happening. I think there are some people that say, oh, I'm going to work remotely. And if you're, if you're not married and you don't have any kids, or maybe you're a younger couple, it's like, cool, I'm going to travel around the world and I'll post up uh, and be a digital nomad. I have a friend that does this. And even that is a struggle because I, I follow her on Instagram and it's like, it looks romantic a lot of times, but there's other times where it's like, oh my, you know, the van life, the, this broke and I'm stranded in a town with nowhere to sleep and like all that. So like there, there are struggles, anything you do. So that's one form of regret. The dead van life. The, yeah. The other thing that causes me to chuckle because I read an article in the New York times on this is people that were like, screw this. I'm moving to the country. And so like, especially in New York city, New York city saw the biggest migration of people that left the city. Because uh, people were COVID. afraid of dying. People I mean, were afraid of dying, and you're, people died. Very dense. So still dying. The, the New York Times did a follow up piece, and they went out and they contacted uh, uh, several people that moved to upstate New York, and almost uniformly, the sentiment was, 
I had no idea what I was getting into. And the one that cracked me up, because I've had this before, was the guy's like, when we looked at this property, the idea of having a pond with some beavers and and wildlife seems super romantic. He's like, now I hate these freaking beavers. <laughs> He's like, they're, they're ruining my property. They're yeah. chopping down trees. He's like, I can't get rid of them. Damn He's beavers. like, there's no stores around here. There's not a bodega at the bottom of the building. Yeah. Like, if I, if I forget to buy the milk... I gotta get in my car and drive twenty minutes. Or to I gotta the store go milk. Again. Or I gotta go milk the I cow. Milk the cow. So, no. like, I had this fantasy of having all this space and living in the country. He's like, it's a lot of work to live in the country. He goes, a there's a lot of convenience in, in New York. Like, you're never farther than two blocks away from vegan ice cream in New York. No. He's like, you want to get your vegan ice cream on in the country? You got to make your own. So, uh, those two forms of regret, I think, are are doing it. And then I think the third one is a subset of that is people that did get uh, swept up in the frenzy of, of buying this new place. And maybe they didn't move in the country, but they're like, I need more space. Uh, interest rates are, are, are going to come up here. I'm going to just stretch myself, get in this bidding war, buy the place. And now they're like, ah, like this is, yeah, I have a little bit more space, but my budget is so tight now. Maybe I should have just been happy where I was. Well, because a lot of people, what they had to do is they had to waive the inspection. And by waiving the inspection, it gave them more leverage, they thought, which it did. And you can get a deal and not get a deal based on an inspection being waived, right? So if we have two offers on a house, even in an, if an offer is a little bit more, if, 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 if they want an inspection and the other person is waiving it, uh, it just means the terms are better. And maybe they're asking a little less money. We're probably going to go with the people that have waived the inspection, right? But, but in a market that heads down a little bit or there's a correction, then everybody asks for an inspection and they don't waive it because they know they're not going to get in a situation where it, there's a lot of multiple bidding. And when you, do, you don't get an inspection and then you find out, wow, this, this foundation's cracked or I got to tear off this whole roof or uh, wow, I have knob and tube here and this is a real challenge because my breakers keep going out what do you mean my sewer line doesn't connect to the main yeah what do you mean i should have scoped the sewer before i actually bought the house thirty thousand dollars what we'll see you guys on the other side i would definitely recommend working with ron and don completely satisfied 100 percent guaranteed <laughs> if you're downsizing upsizing or right sizing ron and don can help you buy sell or invest in real estate it all starts with a ron and don sit down hi my name is uh, anthony kroll hi i'm gretchen and i'm byron hi i'm ollie hi i'm emmy we are team greenland and we sat, sat down, down with ron, ron and don, don. <laughs> oh my gosh i mean we talked about pricing we talked about staging we talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And um, we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was twenty-five to 50000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, 
no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer a hundred thousand over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast. And I said, well, we had a great realtor team and that makes all the difference. Don't forget when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Please hit subscribe on your podcast player. We'd also love if you gave us a review. Now let's get back to building Ted. I mean Laverne and Shirley. No, seriously, it's R&D and with me, that's three. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 385. We, ha- we have the mayor uh, of Seattle who's about to make a critical mistake. And a lot of times history repeats itself when we don't remember our history. 2016, when things really started getting crazy uh, in Seattle here with RVs, and typically what happens uh, is people go down to an auction, they'll buy an RV for like $50, and then there are people out there that will lease these RVs uh, to people that are living on the streets. Sometimes these RVs don't run. Uh, it is easier to sell the RV at an auction for $50 than it is to dispose of the RV because the Freon in the refrigerators get rid of one of these big RVs, it typically costs about $1,500 to dispose of it in a junkyard. It's one of the reasons why nobody wants their RVs except for the people that are living inside. And I would ask you this, because people say, well, the people inside, they're not doing drugs. It's just, it's just, you know, it's a hard life, hard time. Ask yourself this, why is every damn window cover on, on all those RVs? I grew up in RVs. We camped, we had trailers, we had a coachman, holiday rambler, all that stuff. We never covered our windows the way that people are covering their windows unless we were going to sleep. And then when you get up, you open up the windows. So you look at all these RVs, you look at all the windows that are covered, and then you have to ask yourself what's going on in those RVs. We know what's going on in those RVs. Uh, And we know that it has brought a lot of violence. It has brought a lot of crime and it's brought a lot of addiction. And in a lot of cases, a lot of fear to all our neighborhoods. Past couple of years, we've had 500 and 50 Seattle police officers leave the Seattle Police Department. 550. And you can't blame all that on the riots and the Black Lives Matter movement. You can't. That's part of it. But knowing all the cops I know, I pick up my phone right now. I counted the other day. I think I have 25, 26 uh, officers that I know that just work in this area. You pick up the phone and you call them. Some of them that work for robbery, they've gone to Montana. The chief recruiter for SPD, she now works for uh, Pepsi-Cola out of Tucson. There are 55 SPD officers that that are in a Facebook group, and they've all moved to Tucson. Uh, The commander of the East Precinct, who I know, just bought an RV, and he's down there right now visiting them. He's getting ready to retire. Uh, In fact, a lot of officers are retiring, they're retiring early, and we know that's an issue of problem. A lot of that's not just because of Black Lives Matter movement, the riots that we had, and the way that SPD felt disrespected when we defund the police and we went after their chief, and basically we ran a female African-American community police officer, the pride of Lincoln High, who ran track there, and then she went on to become the chief of police. This is what every city in America wants. 
it, during the Black Lives Matter movement, we defunded her and we, we basically drove her out of town. That's incredible to me. Going back to 2016, though, you know what Mayor Murray decided? He said, hey, we have all these RVs around here. Let's create a lot, which he did. And the energy company had owned a lot at the time that was over in Ballard. It was right on the water. And he said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to open up these lots. I think it costs $30,000 a month. We're going to have security. We're going to have a laundry facility. And then we're going to have a three-page document that you have to sign. The three-page document is just an agreement that in the middle of the night, you won't start your motors and pull out of here, uh, that you won't be uh, doing drugs in open spaces. Nothing about doing drugs inside the RV, but you just can't do drugs in open spaces. And some other things that you had to do where you showed respect for your neighbors. David said, we will tow your RV to this lot free of charge. Yeah. So anyway... At, at, at the height of its success, and there were 60 spots that were open, and when we worked at Kyra, I would go here every day. At the height of its success, there were seven RVs in the lot. Four of those were the junk RVs that you see around here. Three of the RVs were people around the country that went, wow, I can go live in an RV lot free of charge, and I just have to follow some rules, and I can do my laundry for free. So three of them were beautiful beautiful RVs where people had come from other places and they were camping in Seattle. And why the hell? You're right there on Shoal Show. You're, you're, you're right on the water. Why wouldn't you stay there? Anyway, this didn't work. And they tried for over a year. And, they, and so they had to shut down, literally shut down the RV campground. This is my message to the mayor and the city council. And I know, I know this is going to sound harsh, but if you know me, you know I love other humans. But I also love accountability. And I was watching the news the other night and they were doing a story on a young man who's in one of these RVs. And finally, the city is starting to move some of these RVs. They just don't have a place to move them to. And towing companies don't want them. So what do you do? So they're going to tow these RVs to a new RV lot. And, and they asked him, uh, they asked him what his contribution was going to do because he was down on his luck. And then they challenged him and they said, when are you going to stop doing drugs? And he said, I don't want to stop doing drugs. I'm not going to stop doing drugs. And he got really angry and mad. And what has happened with the people now that are living in our city on the streets in tents? I saw it when they did a cleanup in downtown Seattle the other day. Somehow, some way, they are no longer responsible for themselves, were responsible for them. There is no personal responsibility. There's none. There, there is absolutely none. And so for me, I am my brother's keeper, but these are not my brothers. They aren't. Because my brothers, even if they had an addiction issue, even if they had a domestic violence issue, even if they had some kind of reason that drove them to the streets, my brothers are people that would partner with me to say, hey, we're going to help you, but here's what you're going to need to take some personal accountability and help yourself. Ron, this scares the hell out of me. This didn't work in 2016. It's not going to work now. At some point, the city has to say this. We are going to go ahead and enforce. We're going to enforce the law in Seattle. We're closing the campground. Even if it's your primary home, there is no more camping on the streets of Seattle in tents or RVs. That's what they have done on the east side when they saw this starting to push over 520. And they enforce it there. If you got to Monroe, they enforce it there. Down in Pierce County, they stopped enforcing it. And guess what? They have lots of tents and RVs down by the river now, and they don't know what to do with it. It is not my job. 
It is not my job to house everyone. That is not my brother. And these people, lots of these people uh, are criminals. And we see the crime spilling into our neighborhoods and our business. I'll finish with this. Ken's Market I go to every day. Uh, Ken I know, and I met him. He was one of our listeners. And, and he had the original market that is up in the Finney Ridge area. There's a Ken's Market on Queen Anne, and I know Eric, and I know Joe, and I know George. They own it together, and they're connected to the family. Some of them are family members. It's a mom-and-pop business, you guys. A couple weeks ago, uh, someone borrows a forklift from down the street, uh, another mom-and-pop. They borrow a forklift because the, the hardware store there leaves their forklift outside. My understanding is these guys went down through a protein pain tank on this forklift. I used to drive forklifts at Costco. The, the keys are all universal as long as you have a propane tank. So it's not hard to turn it on. They drive it down to Ken's. They blow into the store with the forklift. They pick up the ATM and they start smashing it on the floor. And there's money everywhere. And then they went ahead and they took the money and they ran. They are doing the same smashing grabs with forklifts now because they're so successful. All over the Puget Sound, they're doing this a lot down in Tacoma in the south end. They move down that way. Think about all the stores you drive by, guys, and, and the windows are blown out. There's not enough glass right now in the city of Seattle to fix all these windows. We have to close the campground. I am my brother's keeper that wants to be accountable. I am not my brother's keeper that feels entitled and emboldened, and they're mean, and they're angry, and they're high all the effing time. This did not work in 2016, Mr. Mayor, and this is not going to work now. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, we want to thank everybody in the Ron and Don Nation that has been switching to Mitch and Mitch.loans. Mitch, I got to ask you, here comes 2022. A lot of people are thinking money's going to be way too expensive. I'm not even going to be able to afford a home. What are you hearing about money, finances, stock market, interest rates as we start looking at 2022? What does it look like? That's a great question. And everyone's saying rates will rise. But when we, we have to keep in mind that rates rising is totally a perspective thing, right? Because rates have been, yes, 25 3% recently. But when we were young <laughs> or when our parents bought houses, rates were 12 15%. So still... Compared to that, rates are good, and we see rates going up, but rates will stay manageable, and money's still cheap, guys. All right, he's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. Go to Mitch.loans right now. Tell him you're with Ron and Don, and you save half percent on your new loan. Mitch.loans, NMLS, 169-1573. All you guys, welcome back to the final uh, segment of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, go to ronanddonsitdown.com and... We can sit down today. Speaking of sitting down, Ron and I are going to leave here in a minute, and we're going to go talk about uh, our podcast business, our real estate business, our Airbnb business. Just kind of check out with each other. And usually a place that we go is we go to a Starbucks up, up on Queen Anne in Boston, and it's kind of interesting. There's a story out today, two stories. Number one, that Starbucks is thinking about getting rid of their iconic disposable cup after 30 or 35 years. And then also, uh, there's an article out a couple of days ago that said Starbucks has kind of lost their way. Now, we just sold uh, four homes 
or someone that I met at that Starbucks. Uh, and in fact, he just moved to New York. We had four row homes uh, that we're selling for him on Capitol Hill. And I got a little insight on Starbucks from him where maybe I see this a little bit differently about how their business model changed in the middle of the pandemic and some stuff that they find out. Before I share that, though, I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, the, the, the big article was what happened to Starbucks. And you see the, the CEO, Kevin Johnson, steps down. Uh, and he made a lot of money for shareholders. He made a lot of money for Starbucks. They expanded the business. Howard Schultz now has stepped back in as the interim guy. For the second time. He did the same thing back in the day when they used to make sandwiches and they pulled the sandwich machines. And so he's now trying to reinvent itself. Starbucks is trying to turn itself into a data mining company. And I was actually uh, friends back in the day with the guy that was in charge of the app. And it was so hard to get this app launched. They didn't really know what was going to make it sticky. They finally cracked the code on it. And what they're doing now is trying to do, I think they call it deep brew. So there's this push at Starbucks corporate to become a data mining company. And if you have the app, you probably noticed. My, there's a, I have the app on my phone. I just haven't uninstalled it. There's a Starbucks near where I get my mail delivered so that package thieves don't steal my packages. When I drive by that Starbucks to go pick up my mail, my phone will go off and say, hey, you're by the Starbucks you used to go to. Would you like a drink? And it pops up on my phone. And so think about that for a minute. Starbucks has access to my GPS and I could turn this off. I probably will turn it off. And they are mining me to know when, when they're, they know what time I usually go pick up my mail. They know where I'm, when I'm going to be in that neighborhood. They are trying to figure out with the app, hey, are you in a hurry today? Why don't you try uh, a drip coffee instead of the triple grande frappe macchino that yeah. you normally get? Right. And so it, while they've been doing that, becoming a, da- a data dive company, the workers are going, hey, how about you pay us? And the the great resignation mentality that we talked about. How about we get a bigger slice of the pie here? And and, and, uh, Starbucks had always positioned itself as, we're the progressive place. We're the place where we'll pay for your college. We're the place where you get uh, options to buy stock, even if you're part-time. We're the place that's LGBTQ friendly. Uh, we're the we're on the the cutting edge. Our CEO might run for president because he's so liberal, which he ended up not doing. And then um, they're now talking about forming unions. And so Starbucks is in this weird spot where they're having to reinvent themselves again. There are thirty two thousand Starbucks nation in the world. They just formed the first one on Capitol Hill. It's formed, yeah. right? So there are Happened unions being formed. Happened two days ago. Uh, there's 32,000 stores worldwide. Their biggest emerging market was China. Uh, when I traveled to China, it was unbelievable. That's a tea culture. And Starbucks is trying to make it a coffee culture. Uh, Starbucks popping up everywhere uh, as I walk through Shanghai. And the Chinese people, the rank and file, were sort of like, what is this place? Like, I don't, what, what is coffee? Like, I don't want to drink coffee. And so they, but that's their emerging market. And so the people that were hip to sort of Western culture, saw it was some cachet to go in and be carrying that Starbucks cup. So I think it'll be interesting to see what this next iteration is. Do they want to be the third place coffee company where two guys 
uh, might go in and have a little business meeting and buy some coffee? Or do they want to data mine me to have access to my GPS so that they can try to upsell me when I drive by a store. Those two things are very different in my mind. Yeah, you know what they learned during the pandemic is that they can make a lot more money on mobile than if you walk in the door. Sometimes in a Starbucks now, if you walk in the door, you stand in a long line, uh, you get you, you don't get very good service. If they really care, they would open up most both registers or three. Usually they just have one register going because all the other employees are taking care of their mobile companies. Uh, their mobile orders. In fact, during the, the pandemic, uh, I learned that even now that we're, Starbucks is open and the tables are open, that about 70% of the Starbucks where I was going that's very, very busy, it was mostly mobile orders. They like that because people on a mobile order, they get to mine, they get to mine their information. They come in once or twice, sometimes a day. They come in, they sit in, they don't use the Wi-Fi. They don't have to worry about kicking them out of the bathroom. They are literally in and out. They don't have to pay someone to ring them up at the register. All you have to do is get that order to make that coffee and hand it to them, and they're out the door. And that's the business model they prefer. It's very interesting in some of the Starbucks that have tables. Uh, they still haven't opened up those those tables to clients coming in and sitting down. So I think you're going to see that model change. They they don't want to be that big place that you come that Howard Schultz sold us on where you're going to come here and spend an afternoon and jump on the computer and do your work and all that. They don't want that. They want you to walk in and, and walk out and a lot of that for all the reasons you just said. So Yeah, it's a very interesting change. We'll see what happens. I don't think they can stay expanding at this clip uh, in the rest of the world and maintain the product quality. Well, the important thing is just because you're closing stores doesn't mean you're not successful. And they are very good at that. They are very good at closing stores and repositioning stores. And you're going to see them do that uh, a lot more, especially on the other side of the pandemic, if we ever get there, you guys. So anyway, Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by and listening to episode 385. We're sure to appreciate that. If you need us, just reach out, go to ronadonsitdown.com and we could do a virtual meeting today. It takes a couple minutes. We'll find out if we're good partners. If you're buying, selling, or you're thinking about investing, Airbnb, whatever that is, uh, chances are we may be able to help. Also want to thank Mitch.loans for sponsoring today's show. You want a deal, go to Mitch.loans, mention Ron and Don. And uh, what's he going to do? You can save one half percent of your loan value. And that goes straight back to you. The average savings in King County is over $3,000. Yeah. Our thanks to Les Schwab too, for sponsoring this week's show. It's a spring tire sale. So if you need some, some tires, stop by. If you have a flat, you know, they'll take care of you. And if you're thinking about traveling this summer, I know that I am, get a free pre-trip safety check. Just to make sure that you're ready to hit the road. You don't want to blow an out tire, guys, when you're heading 70 miles an hour down the interstate. And right? charge up your gas card. There you go. All right. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for giving us great lives. Thanks for letting us be your broadcasters. And thanks for letting us be your realtors. Until next time, keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you right here. Ollie on the Ron and Don Radio Note. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.